Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. I'm super interested in this Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors, Jordan Poole spat that went on at practice. It's not unusual for athletes in a professional sports setting to take issue with each other. Once upon a time, not that long ago, Zach Randolph, Zebo, threw a punch during a Blazers practice, broke the eye socket and cheekbone of one Reuben Patterson, who had been mixing it up with Quintel Woods a little bit earlier in the practice. Wasn't that long ago that Ned Sinitovich, a uh, Blazers big guy, mixed it up with Ha Sung Jin. Remember Ha? The Ha era of... Blazers basketball? Oh yeah, they got in an altercation during a practice when they were shooting free throws. I'll tell you more on that story coming up, but Draymond Green. He's passionate, he's emotional, training camp's on. Jordan Poole and Green have been known to commonly argue with each other. But Wednesday at practice, it escalated. The tension boiled over. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reporting that the teammates had noticed a change in Poole's behavior throughout training camp. He's he's on the verge of securing a large contract extension. Draymond Green apparently taking exception to Jordan Poole. He's had to come out. He's apologized. Bob Myers, the uh, general manager of the Warriors, coming out saying, look, this is the kind of stuff that happens. I want to talk about what it is that you and I need to know, and what is it that maybe we just feel like we're interested because in the same way that kids in an elementary school playground might come running if they see a fight happening, oh, what's going on over there? Let's circle up. Let's see what's going on. What is newsworthy and what isn't when it comes to this kind of stuff? Is a is a disagreement, is a physical altercation enough to merit news? Do you need more than that? Some out there have uh, indicated that uh, this much should do about nothing. Others say, look, uh, this is a big deal. It is a sign that all is not well. Stephen A. Smith, uh, on first take this morning, took the, took the initial stance. I could kill us. Mm. It's teammates. Yeah. They were just laughing and hugging with one another in June when they won the championship. Yeah. This stuff happens. You get in each other's face. You're talking yeah. trash. You know, sometimes punches are thrown or whatever the case may be. Maybe a fine is going to be warranted. I don't know what happened. I never even bothered to call. Maybe a fine is going to be happening. Maybe he'll get suspended the game. Maybe Draymond was a headache. Maybe Poole reacted wrong. I don't know. Here's the bottom line. They play together. They're teammates and they're champions together. This stuff yeah. happens all the time. It is much ado about nothing. I could yeah. kill us. Is it newsworthy, 503-417-7575, or is this an example of, hey, it's glamorous, it's got some sizzle to it, it involves the 
defending world champions. It's Draymond Green. It's midweek. And for those reasons, man, this becomes a bigger story. You tell me at 503-417-7575, newsworthy or not, do you want to know this kind of stuff? Uh, Back in the day, uh, I wrote a story about a similar incident at the Blazers practice facility. It was a wild incident. Ha Sung Jin, the uh, Korean big man from South Korea, and Ned Sinanovich, who was on the Blazers team, uh, were finishing a workout, as players usually do at the end of the workouts. It was a Friday, and they were shooting free throws together in silence. Peaceful enough. Uh, But these two guys did not like each other. They were competing... Uh, on a roster that had other players playing in front of them. They were basically competing for leftover minutes on the Blazers roster. So it was a very peaceful scene. One guy's shooting free throws, and then they rotate. The other guy shoots some free throws, then they rotate back, and the player who's not shooting is shagging the ball. So Ned Sinanovich was shooting, and he was shooting his final free throw, and he made it. And he came across the free throw line, and he shagged that ball himself. Now, Ha went to the free throw line to go shoot his free throws, and Ned wouldn't give him the ball. And so Ha walked over to Ned, who was standing under the basket just holding the ball, and he snatched it back. Then Sinanovich said something to Ha Sung Jin under his breath. To this day, I don't know what was said. But the seven foot four inch Ha and the seven foot three inch Ned ended up on the ground at the Blazers practice facility in Tualatin, swinging elbows, swinging fists, rolling around on the ground. The fight was broken up by Blazers staffers. Uh, ha got punched and was shouting, I'll sue, I'll sue, as it was broken up. The two players were escorted to different areas of the practice facility. And normally the story would end right there. Hey, it was just two teammates. Uh, the, the, uh, it escalated to uh, a little skirmish, and uh, nobody, nobody uh, got seriously injured, and it's over. Except Hassan Jin's neutral corner in this case was the team weight room. And while he was in there fuming, he looked over and noticed one of those wooden poles that the players used to stretch and he picked up the pole, and he went after Ned Sinanovic, who, by the way, blocked the first swing of the pole with his forearm, according to somebody who was there, but then took another shot in the ribs before somebody grabbed that closet dowel-like pole from Ha's hands and threw it across the courts. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not doing this to be funny. Violence isn't funny. And Ha is probably lucky that he didn't injure his teammate with the pole. But it's not as sinister as some of the things that went on at the Blazers' practice facility. Zach Randolph cold-cocking Ruben Patterson, breaking his eye socket. Then, by the way, he got chased around the practice facility after he broke Ruben Patterson's eye socket. And then he had to spend the night in hiding at Dale Davis's house because Zebo feared for his life. He thought Ruben Patterson was going to kill him. So I look back on those Blazers' eras you know, skirmishes, and they certainly are nothing that the franchise would want to be proud of, but I just wonder how frequent this is. I've been around NFL training camp, NFL practices, it happens all the time. We've seen it. Aaron Donald this offseason. 
How big a story is this in your mind? Is it a sign of larger dissent? Is it just, hey, this is what happens when high-caliber athletes mix it up, sometimes frustrations boil over? Does the fact that Poole was, you know, on the, on the cusp of a contract extension and Draymond Green is a, you know, fiery team leader of the Warriors, does that add fuel to this fire? Certainly. But is this at all newsworthy or is this another example of media, and I'm part of the media world, perpetuating something because it's interesting, it gets views, ESPN certainly going all in on this story after it broke and all in on it this morning as well. Judah Newby, Stephen, what are we really looking at here? How big a story is this stuff? Uh, it's definitely newsworthy to me um, because it's Draymond, because it's the reigning champions, and we know who Dre is, we know who Jordan Poole is. It all makes sense. I don't mind it, and frankly, I don't really expect all that much from ESPN as a uh, as a content site. You know, I it's so predictable to me. So I don't really take issue with the fact that they're covering it and that they're talking about it. I you know I don't agree with Stephen A. on very many things. Uh, but I kind of do on this one. In terms of what it means for the team, it feels much ado about nothing. You know, we haven't even played games yet. I think Draymond is just trying to set a tone here, saying last year was last year. Okay, don't be talking about your bag. Don't be talking about your money. Focus on the damn action on the court, young man, and I will force you to think about that if you don't take it upon yourself to think about that. And Jordan Poole is is probably yapping his mouth a little bit too much. I love it. If I was a Warriors fan, I'm, I love this story. I think it's Draymond refocusing the team for a new season and forgetting last year. But from a media standpoint, yeah, man, we blow it up. That's what we do. We gotta get the clicks. Who cares about the story? Get the clicks. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it matters with the Warriors at all. Like you said, Judah. Like Stephen A. said, which it sucks to agree with Stephen A. That it really doesn't matter. But like this stuff happens all the time, and I think, I think it's in the NBA too. You know, the NBA is such a drama league, right? Like we want to hear about the offseason moves. We want to hear about the drama. This is a perfect opportunity to blow that up and just go with it. Uh, you know, where we saw in the NFL where Aaron Donald was taking helmets off and swinging them, we thought, well, nothing should happen to him. You know, I thought he should have got suspended for a game because it was a bad look, but most people were against me on that. So I think it's just more of the drama league in the NBA that people love to see it. You know, I, you know, I played small college basketball. I got in a fight with teammates. Like, I got mad because the guy kept setting moving screens on me, so the next time he did, I went elbow to the face and stood over him and tried to fight him. So, like, this stuff happens, but it's <laughs> but it's just, like, it's just, you know, it's teammates and it's basketball. Like, this stuff will happen over time. And um, so I really think it has nothing to do with anything. Like, the Warriors will be fine. There's nothing breaking between the Warriors. But at the same time, I do like to know it, right? Like, I want to know this stuff. I think it is very interesting, but I really think it has no effect on anything. I also am worried, or not worried, but I'm concerned that, you know, this, this gets news. There's... There's other teams in the league. I'm sure there's other altercations that have taken place. And I just wonder at what point, like when you look at the Warriors and uh, the culture of that organization, we all trust it. And I think that's what I hear from Stephen A. Smith. I hear it from Judah. I hear it from Stephen. You're saying, hey, you know, it, it's the Warriors. They're defending champions. You're not really worried about them in that way. Would you be more worried if this were the Sacramento Kings uh, or if this were the Lakers? Because, you know, we've seen – the uh the you know those teams come apart at the seams at different parts of the season so i kind of wonder like are we giving the warriors the benefit of the doubt here because 
they have some proof of performance. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, for me, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't take it seriously. I think this kind of stuff happens all the time. Now, if it's a different kind of fight and it turns out to be the fight like you're mentioning with the Blazer guys back in the day with you know weapons and guys you know trying to actually you know hurt each other really bad, I think that's a little different. But when it's just kind of a skirmish and by all ports it was just yelling and then Draymond threw a punch at him, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like they're not nothing serious is going to happen. Jordan Poole didn't get hurt, finished his workout, so you know. I, 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 I'm not giving the Warriors the benefit of the doubt. I think if it was the Kings still, I wouldn't make a big deal of it. If it's Russell Westbrook punching LeBron, <laughs> is it that, a different story? I know that, you said it's not funny, but it's funny. That would be different. I mean, that's <laughs> funny. This is funny. Like Jordan Poole said, oh, I, I'm going to put a pool in my house. It's going to be called the Jordan Pool. Like, that's apparently what Draymond got pissed off about. And that's funny. We so, all know that guy that has that annoying joke. And he just keeps going to the well with this some dumbass joke. And he keeps going and going. And then, you know, and plus, sometimes people need a pop in the face sometimes, I believe. Yeah, there's, I don't there's certain that. justice. There's court justice. That, yeah. There's court justice that goes on. Let's go to the phone lines. 503-417-7575. Sean in Vancouver. Go ahead. Hey, John. So, you know, this is... I guess it's some a little twisted about it because it's really nothing. It's heated teammate exchange, but we have legitimate news stories in sports right now with with women's soccer, with the lack of actual with lip service concussion concussion protocols in NFL. You know, we have legitimate news stories out there that actually need to be addressed, and we're talking about two teammates having a heated exchange during preseason practice, during workout. Yeah. I mean. What are we doing with our time, man? We, we've got real things to actually address. I don't, I don't care what Draymond Green did to whoever. And get, get to the real news story. Tell me yeah. about something. Tell me how it, things are actually working. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and I agree with it. And I think there's a real temptation, and I've seen it, especially, look, you know, obviously my background is in newspapers. And, you know, I've worked at six different newspapers in different markets. There's a real temptation to look to ESPN to tell us what's newsworthy, you know, and, you know, we, we look at ESPN as a news outlet often, especially their website or their sports center. But let's be real. The E in ESPN is for entertainment, and it is a event company that has bought up a bunch of bowl games, has a partnership with the SEC and the ACC and maybe the Pac-12 one day, and has a dog in the fight, so to speak. And so the top headlines uh, for ESPN, some of it is newsworthy, some of it is justified, but there's an element in there, and I think we have to really be careful. There's an element in there that, you know, a lot of smaller news outlets or entities get caught up in this thing going, hey, what's newsworthy? Let me go to ESPN and find out what's newsworthy instead of actually evaluating the news as it, as it comes to you. I, I have told people this, and I don't mean this to be mean. I don't do a lot of like sourcing of my news from other news outlets. I will sort of gather the stories that are out there. I'll look at what's newsworthy. And this was a story that, you know, sometimes I, I don't end up talking about the things that ESPN tells us are the top stories, in part because I'm like, it's not that big a story. But I actually wanted to focus on this one because – I think it's a great example of ESPN trying to tell us what's interesting, but I frankly think it's just about like, hey, it's the Warriors, it's Draymond Green, it's players punching, 
It's midweek. Aaron Judge already hit his 62nd. The playoffs in baseball haven't really started yet. The NFL weekend's coming up. College football's coming up. And, hey, you know, what's big right now? Oh, let's look at um, let's look at Draymond Green apologizing to Jordan Poole after throwing a punch in practice. Didn't break his jaw. Isn't going to be kicked off the team. Is unlikely to be suspended. The Warriors are going to just, uh, you know, handle this in-house. Draymond Green will apologize. They'll move forward. And it'll be nothing here in a few days. But... I really would caution people, like, I always ask young people, like, how do you get your news? And they'll be like, well, I go to Twitter or I go to ESPN or whatnot. And I, I really would encourage people, and I think people out there that have been reading and, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend millennials, but, like, people in their 40s and 50s have probably figured out, maybe in a different way than others, what, how they gather their news, how they determine what's important. Because if you're listening to ESPN all the time, they're telling you, they're talking about Lynn Sanity. They're talking about Tim Tebow. They're talking about Tom Brady. They're talking about LeBron and the Lakers. They're talking about, you know, punches thrown with Draymond Green. They're not always going to be talking to you about the things that really are newsworthy and important. They're going to be talking to you about the things that they think are going to keep you on their website and keep you watching their programming. And to that's that, what it's about. To that point, do you think if the Blazers got in a fight in training camp, you know, let's say Justice Winslow, the tough guy on their team, punched somebody? I bet it, I bet it's happened. Would, would they talk about it? The ESPN wouldn't be talking about it, would they? No. I, I bet it's happened. I, you know, unless it's like Damian Lillard getting punched by, you know, Anthony Simons or right. Lillard punching Simons. I don't. I don't think we're going to hear about it, and I think it's a reason why the teams don't let media into their practices until like the last five minutes when they're shooting free throws. And the players, like sometimes you walk in in that setting, and I can remember walking into practices, college practices, NBA practices, and, and you walk into that setting and you you have the sense something happened, like you know something's not quite right. Everybody's not acting right, and you can tell something's happened in this practice. But just like. You know, the Rams in that practice and Aaron Donald swinging the helmets or whatnot. Like, if we don't see it, if somebody doesn't get the video of that, it's barely a news story. It's barely important unless somebody's hurt. Jaden Grant's coming up. I'll ask him. Practice fights at Oregon State. He'll he'll talk to us bottom of the hour here, 3.30 or so. I want your phone calls as well, though, at 503-417-7575. We'll give our Pac-12 picks for this week, and we're not going to agree on them. Uh, there's a couple of really hard games in the Pac-12 that I think are going to divide us up, uh, and much more. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain, coming up bottom of the hour. I wrote a couple of pieces today at johnconzano.com, one of them about the uh, guest we had on yesterday's show, which I thought was just fantastic. Uh, if you missed it on yesterday's show, we got a visit from Timbers midfielder George Fochive, who was the first Portland player to speak publicly after the uh, release on Monday of the U.S. soccer investigation on abuse in women's soccer. Really disturbing and disappointing stuff. And Fochive was fantastic yesterday talking about it. I wrote about that this morning very early. I came back later in the morning. Uh, you know, again, this is another example of the fact that I'm having fun. I was like, you know what? I got more to say today. Uh, I came back and wrote about my favorite two boxers. Like, you may be a fan of Rocky Marciano or Sugar Ray Robinson or Mike Tyson, but... I am a Muhammad Ali guy, and 
I wrote about Muhammad Ali, and I wrote about our six-year-old in our house, Soji, who is my other favorite boxer. She got home from school today, and she said, what did you do today? And I said, I wrote about you. I showed her. She got a big smile on her face, and then she blew me off and left the room. But if you uh, want to check those out, go to johnconzano.com to read them. Uh, I'll talk more about Draymond Green. The bigger lesson here in this Draymond Green story isn't that Draymond Green or a basketball player or a professional athlete got in an altercation with a teammate at a practice. It's that I would really caution you to to not allow ESPN or other major news outlets dictate to you what's important. you got to sort through it. I think we already do that to some extent. Uh, Mark is in Portland, wants to talk about... Uh, uh, this plus the baseball playoffs on, man. We got to talk a little bit. Who's going to win the National League? Judah, who's going to win the National League? I don't want to steal any of Mark's thunder, but uh, I know me and Mark root alike. Okay. Birds of a feather and them okay. being red birds of a feather. Let's go, Cardinals. All right. Let's see what Mark in Portland says. Yeah. Mark, what's up, man? What's going on? Not a lot. I'm just uh, enjoying the beautiful weather. This is a great run of weather, but uh, Take it. I just. I think you should always put the uh, on-the-field activity in front of the drama stuff. And, uh, and you know, I know it's bad what's going on in soccer, and but that's not the actual sport, and that's what I enjoy. So baseball, and, I've you know, we I've been into baseball since the 1960s. I was, you know, sneaking my transistor radio into school in the third and fourth grade to listen to the baseball games that used to be played during the day. So this is big uh, for us older guys. I think a lot, lot more baseball fans in the older generation but i'm excited about that and uh you know i mean throwing a punch at practice is that what happened that pretty much happened in every uh pickup game that i was involved in and you know 20 <laughs> years ago i'm gonna say there was some punches thrown down low you know what i mean because they're playing a physical game i mean you know it's uh it, it really isn't a big deal i mean i think social networking really contributes to uh a lot more news that you guys, the media, wouldn't have reported on 30 years ago because you didn't have anything, you know, as far as that quick of an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's right, it's right in everybody's face. And I just like the what's happening on the field. And I, I can't wait. 11 o'clock tomorrow, St. Louis and Philly. Anything can happen in baseball. The Dodgers won 110 games. Uh, Atlanta's the defending champions. Those are probably the two favorites, but... In baseball, as you know, John, it, it really doesn't mean a lot in postseason. If, if Pujols and Goldschmidt and Arnado can get hot and, and your pitching can survive, the Cardinals could win it. So I just can't wait. <laughs> I'll be, I'd be okay with the Cardinals winning it because that would mean the Dodgers don't win it. But, uh, you know, I look at this and I are you at all worried about the pitching in St. Louis? Yes. Yeah. Uh, am I still on? Yes. Yeah, you're on. Uh, because uh, Wainwright, I love him to death, but he's not the, you know, as none of us would be at that age, he's still effective. So I think I think uh, we, we did get a great pickup uh, from the Yankees uh, trading, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but the blonde center, center fielder, outfielder. Oh, that Bader. Bader. And uh, so, yeah, it's all going to come down to pitching. Bader. <laughs> right. It all, yeah. It's all going to come down to pitching, and the Dodgers yeah. probably have the best pitching, and Houston and the Yankees are probably the two teams over there. But, you know, the Mariners are involved, so I'm surprised yeah. that uh, we're not talking more baseball on the, the bald face truth. Yeah, we talked a little baseball yesterday <laughs> know, on this show. you're a baseball yeah. guy. We did, we did. I think there's a faction of this audience that wants to talk about it when the postseason gets here. I don't think a lot of people want to talk about baseball year-round. I've 
notice that because when I start to talk about it, they have this glazed over look in their eyes. So here's what I think about the postseason. Like you get these great matchups. Like the like, there's no better example of this than the Mariners and the Blue Jays. But you have a really good pitching staff that has been really good for most of the season in Seattle. They looked uh, they looked a little worn out at the end of the year, but really good against a Toronto team that really scores runs. So what's going to win there? Like I love that clash in you know of style and substance. St. Louis can you know St. Louis can uh, you know they're not a bad pick. They're probably about the second or third pick in the National League if you're if you're looking at it. But I also am a little worried that like we always talk about pitching winning. Wainwright hasn't been great, but you know he's a good pitcher with a lot of history and a lot of proof of performance. But around him, that staff is a little uh, a little spotty. So I kind of worry about the the Cardinals there. But you know, somebody catch the Braves did it last year. They caught lightning in a bottle, and the bullpen last year was fantastic. So look out for the Braves too. I I like the Braves, the Dodgers, Cardinals are not a bad pick. Phillies are going nowhere. Um, but I'm mostly interested in this wild card weekend. Do the Mariners get out of this get out of this wild card weekend, guys? So I don't. I do not think that they do. I think the Vlad Guerrero Juniors uh, and the offense that you're referring to with Toronto is going to be too much. But every Mariner fan I talk to, and I like the Mariners, but I am not a diehard Mariner fan. Uh, they're confident, man. Mariner fans are really confident in this series, and uh, I find that interesting because they know their team pretty well. I don't think they're seeing it with bias, and it should be a good series. I, I do think it goes three games. I hope it goes three. If it goes three, I, I might say that the Mariners have a better chance in this series because I think they have the better pitching staff. And I think, you know, Toronto's interesting to me, but it's all about offense. So, you know, I was looking at the odds today. Uh, you know, the the uh, Blue Jays are 18-1 to 1 to get to the World Series. 18-1. to 1. The Mariners are 20-1 to 1 to get to the World Series. They're right in there together, but... I kind of I'm looking over I'm looking at the Blue Jays lineup right now and you know the guy that is jumping out at me is is not a guy that has a has great numbers this year because everybody wants to talk about Vlad Guerrero Jr. and and Kirk and Bichette and but how about George Springer he George Springer always he's like guy who always seems to have like a you know the every year we get in the playoffs we get an Aaron Boone like performance. He's got that feel to me. You you need your normal like he's like a two fifty hitter, but you get him in the postseason and you know and suddenly he goes seven for eleven with two home runs, you know, in, in two games, and you're like oh, that's just ridiculous. But uh, the Mariners going to have to pitch it, and and it and I love that clash of a really good offensive team against a, a team that can pitch it. Uh, coming up, Jaden Grant, Oregon State's team captain. I'll ask him about skirmishes at practice. I bet he's seen some. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Every Thursday, Jaden Grant, Oregon State's defensive back and team captain, joins us on this show. It's brought to you by Jamba. Make life better. It's better blended, isn't it? Uh, Jamba and Jaden Grant go together. He joins us every Thursday. I got to ask you a basketball question. Is that all right? Can I pepper you with a basketball question? 
Yeah, it's all good. All right. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole mixing it up at practice becomes this big story. I don't think it's that big a deal. We kind of agree on this show that it's not that big a deal, but give us an idea. You had a dad who played in the NBA. You played some basketball. You're at practice every day. How common is a little skirmish? Uh, I think it's pretty common, especially with the highly competitive group. Um, so I don't think it's you know it's too much too much to worry about. I know that everybody makes a big deal about it, and I think maybe part of it is the Warriors are the champs or whatnot. But but I think if you go around the league, you probably find that kind of thing happens at least once a season in every camp. And I know at football practices, look at the NFL when they cross over. I mean, those guys are scrapping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's just really people just being competitive, you know what I'm saying? Um, nobody's really out there ever trying to trying to really fight. It's just guys, you know, mixing it up, you know, being overly competitive. Do you get, uh, like in fall camp, you get, first get into camp and you get some receivers who, you know, who are trying to uh, assert themselves against that DB group. You guys, uh, you guys take that personally. Do you scrap a little, and then after practice, do you shake hands, or how does that work? How do you work that out? Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about about our group specifically is, you know, we can be highly competitive and you know go at it all day in practice, but as soon as we step off the field, you know, it's all with respect. You know, we're, we're brothers, we're teammates at the end of the day. You get Stanford this week. What do you see on film? Uh, Stanford, a little bit more 11 personnel, a little bit more open sets than they have been traditionally. They still have, you know, some of that downhill run game. But, you know, just overall, Coach Shaw, the, the program, you know, they're going to be a well-coached team. You know, they're going to be disciplined. And uh, obviously obviously a team that's also hungry, you know, to get back on track as well. So, You know, we always hear coaches say 11 personnel, 12 personnel. We're talking about, uh, you know, there's some audience members who, who hear that. They don't know what you mean. Help us out with the difference between 11 and 12. 11 and 12. So 11 is one one running back, one tight end, and then three receivers. And then 12 is one running back, two tight ends, and then um, two receivers. So you just made our audience smarter just with that. I love that because <laughs> yeah, we always say it. We say stuff like that, and then I think, you know, there might be somebody tuning in who has no idea what we're talking about. And, again, we're talking to Jaden Grant. He knows what he's doing. Um you guys, uh, you know, Stanford's lost nine straight conference games. They're going to be super motivated at home to get this one. You guys go into this. Um, you guys need to get back on track, too. You need, to, you need to get a W. This is a game that you have to win, I think. And, you know, yeah. how, how are you guys feeling? I mean, we feel good. I mean, anytime you, you have a loss, you just have that bad taste in your mouth. I um, mean, you're just eager to get out there and, and, and get that next opportunity. You know, this week at Stanford, so... You know, we felt we've had a really good week of preparation. You know, we, we got right back to the process after the loss on Sunday. Um, we feel like we've prepared the right way. And, um, you know, now it's just go out, time to go out there and execute, you know, on Saturday night and get back in the uh, winning call. What's it like to go on the road? You were on the road last week in Salt Lake. You're on the road this week when, you know, you walk in and that, that fan base in Salt Lake City for Utah, they're pretty salty. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Stanford fans are going to quite be that way, but... What's that feel like to be out on the field and you're in hostile territory? Uh, me, me personally, I, I like you know environments like that. You know, I like getting booed. I like being in hostile territory. Um, you know, that's something that you know we talked about as a defense. You know, you have to enjoy you know going to somebody else's house and holding them to as little points as possible. So definitely something that you know we're looking to take pride in, and um, we're excited for the opportunity this weekend. Tanner McKee, the Stanford QB, he's he's gonna he's gonna be picked high in the draft. And 
You get up for a challenge like that? I mean, yeah. I mean, but every every single week is a challenge. You know what I mean? So you look back and you're like, yeah, that was a great player. But you know, we approach the things the same way every week. You know, we focus on us. You know, focus on the execution and the little ins and outs between the plays. And um, obviously, you know, when you when you're facing a, a good, talented quarterback like that who's accurate with the ball, you know, he's not going to give you anything. You have to be on your stuff every single rep. So, you know, it's exciting going against challenges like that. I keep people keep coming up to me, and they keep wanting to talk about your yoga class. Has anybody mentioned that to you? Anybody talking to you about <laughs> dropping your yoga class? No, nobody's talked to me about the yoga class just yet. But um, I'm only it's my only my second weekend, so you know, yeah. I'm, I'm online now too, not in class. So give me an idea. Yoga online, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I have the self-discipline to like be like, you know, what do you do? You boot up the computer and you, you join virtually, or how does that work? Yeah, so you have your practices online, basically. It's not like an online session. It's more like a, you know, get it done, and then you have a little practice log. So I enjoyed it. I, I did it um, last term, Yoga 1, so I'm in, you know, the second second level of yoga. <laughs> You're like term. yoga too. You're going to get a yoga degree? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. We'll see. That's more like your mom's genre. Like, you know, for people who don't know, Jaden's yeah. mom, Gina, is like, you know, Miss Zumba, uh, worldwide international personality. Like, do you ever do, have you ever done, you have to have done the Zumba classes with her. I've done one Zumba class with her. Um, I've been to a few of her. I went to the convention in Orlando when I was younger. Um, but I really haven't taken that many uh, Zumba classes. Pretty, uh, pretty intense stuff. Uh, give us an idea. Um, you know the other defensive backs. We don't we don't talk about those guys. Give us you know give us an idea. Let's talk about the other guys that are back there starting with you. If you could just go around and and maybe talk about some of the strengths that each of the guys have, so that when people are watching Oregon State play, they feel like they know them a little bit. Yeah. So uh, for our corners, you know Alex Austin and uh, Rajon Wright. Alex, um, you know, great feet, uh, really tough, good in the run game. Will stick his stick his face in the fan. Um, you know, good with his feet, good coverage. Ray is, you know, really long, good at the line of scrimmage, great with getting hands on. Uh, and then he's a, he's really good, you know, making on the ball, you know, with his ball skills. Um, Katana Ladapo is someone who has just got better every single year. Um, you know, he can play in the box. He can cover as a speed to cover. He can play in the post. Um, he can do a lot of different things. He can rush the passer. So overall, we got a lot of guys, you know, with a lot of experience and a lot of snaps under their belt. And um, it's really just an honor and, and a blessing to be able to, you know, share the, share the field with, you know, some great teammates, but also some great friends as well. When the call comes in and there's a safety blitz, you like that or you prefer to be in coverage? <laughs> yeah, I like the safety blitz, um, you know, but you got to share them with the others. So, you know, you'll see me, me sharing a katan. Achilles yeah. takes, takes them too. So it's, it's more of like, a, you know, when the call comes in, you got to grab it or somebody else will. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So the call doesn't come in like specifically for you, or it, it just, does it depend on well, the formation? It, it it really depends, and, and that's a good thing with having versatility. You know, guys that can plug and play at different positions, especially you know talking about the boundary, the post, and, and the slot. So um, you know, that's the cool thing about our our guys is that you know we're able to kind of mix and match. Sometimes this guy goes, this guy's in coverage, whatever it may be. There it is, Jaden Grant, Oregon State uh, defensive back. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I know you're close with Alex Austin. You're close with uh, uh, Rajon as well. Like, you know, how how does it help to have that comfort with guys that you've been back there with, that you hang out with personally, that you feel comfortable with and know? It, it's really cool. 
um, because you know how these guys prepare. You know, you know how they go about their business. And uh, especially, you know, being battlefield tested with them, you know, playing so many snaps with these same guys. Um, it's just real cool, you know, comfortable with the with the room and where it's at, you know, and, and our teammates you're playing with. And then it's also, you know, great in the off season and also, you know, in those moments of adversity because you're able to hold each other accountable more. You know, you, you guys are, you know, these are guys that I look at as my brothers. So I know if they tell me something, it's really in my best interest. So, um, yeah, it's been an amazing experience playing with all those guys. All right, who's the who's the running back that you, on your own team that you would least like to tackle? The running back on my own team that I on would your least own like to team that you just go uh, like you'll tackle him, <laughs> but it's not fun. Yeah. And I would say the guy the guy that's probably the least fun to tackle is, is uh, Hammer Coletta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in those last years, he's. Yeah, he's, he's a big to, dude, and you know he's not definitely doesn't shy away from contact at all, or try to make a you know a cut unless unless you're just completely giving it to him. But you know, um, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of got one of those dudes. He's got kind of dead weight to him too. I, you see guys hit him, and they just kind of bounce off. You know, he just kind of yeah. it doesn't affect him. He's like one of those Marvel action heroes in the movie, just kind of bounces off yeah. him. It, and yet, by the way, I. <laughs> I called it in the press box last week when he threw the pass. I, I said to the other writers, I said he's going to throw the ball here because, you know, we had seen him do that, and I, I just kept waiting for him to throw a pass. He wasn't bad. He still got it. <laughs> no, for real. He threw a good pass, and it made a good catch. So that was a cool little play. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that one before either, so I was like, oh. Everybody thought because Murray threw the little jump pass, I think it was last season, it got intercepted, and – or was it two seasons ago? I can't remember. But everyone thought he'll never get to pass again. I go, nah. At some point, you got to keep him honest, don't you? Yeah, I, I can't. I thought that was 2018 when when that jump pass was been, it on the goal line. Yeah, on the goal line. It yeah, was a, it was a disaster. That. It was a disaster. <laughs> but and I thought, you know what? At some point, you got to go back to it because otherwise, defense is just going to sit there. They're going to at the line of scrimmage. They're just going to tee off. So you got to hurt them yeah, yeah. and give them something to think about. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know what you're going to get with the hammer. We may see him kick kick a ball or something like that. <laughs> I like it. All right, Jaden. Good luck to you Saturday. You're going to Stanford. Get a win. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you giving time and uh, and uh, have a good game. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. There he is, Jaden Grant. That interview brought to you by Jamba. Back to the bald faced truth with John Canzano on 7:50. The game. I would also not not like to tackle Jack Coletto, the hammer. Thanks to Jaden Grant, who joins us every week. That interview brought to you by Jamba. Start your college football weekend and off right with the Jamba. Uh, guys, uh, I don't know. Is that a weird question? Who would you not want to tackle? I've always <laughs> I just kind of popped into my head. Like, you're Jaden Grant. You've done this for seven years. Who's the guy, you know? You're in practice, or you're scrimmaging your own team, and you're like, "Oh gosh, I got to tackle this guy." Like Jack Coletto's that guy. Yeah, but you could go either way. Like you could go with a guy who's really shifty, right? Like you oh. know, back in the day, Reggie Bush. Like that would be fun to do. But like at the same time, would you want to tackle him or Lindell White, who's just going to punish you? 
Yes. Right? Like, you, it's, it's the same thing. So, like, it is an interesting question to see yeah. where Jane Grant's head's at. His head's at, like, you know, I'm a physical player, but Jack Coletto, now that is a really physical player as well. I played one year of organized tackle football, uh, seventh grade at Patton Middle School. And I love football, man. Like, I loved hitting people, but I was so small. So it's kind of weird. But when you ask that question, what do he not want to tackle in practice? Like, we had a running back that was twice as big as me, who was one of my best friends. But I remember him running at me in the open field, and I was like, oh, my God. And I just kind of went into a turtle shell and stuck out my arm and touched his shoelace because I did not want to die that day. And uh, I always think about that play on the practice field, and... I forgot about it for a while, and then I watched Derrick Henry run in the NFL, and it all came back to me. I'm like, that was Derrick Henry running at me seventh okay. grade at Pat Middle it? School. So I thought that was a great question because it always. I I still sometimes think about that moment. I'm like, I'm not going to die today. I'm just going to reach my hand out. Let me ask you a question here. <laughs> we used to do this in college. We had this running kind of question. Would you rather let Mike Tyson box with Mike Tyson for one round? <laughs> even at his current age, have Derrick Henry, have to tackle Derrick Henry in a narrow hallway, or let Shohei Otani drill you in the ribs with his best fastball. Oh, that's, that's you have to do one of those three things. What's the, what's the lesser evil on those three things? Do I get pads for the Derrick Henry? <laughs> yeah, Gosh, yeah, okay. you're in a football uniform. You got to oh. tackle him. You got to tackle Derrick Henry. I, but you're like, what are you, 6'2"? I'm 6'2". I feel like the Otani fastball to the oh. ribs would oh. hurt, but I, I don't want to get decapitated by Derrick Henry or Mike Tyson. <laughs> How narrow is the hallway? Is this like Rapino, you know, uh, PK? No, let's just say it's a, let's say it's a regular, you know, regular uh, run-of-your-mill uh, neighborhood household hallway. Got it. Okay. Derrick Henry. Many of those. You know, there's no escaping him, is what I'm saying. He's going to yeah. run you over. He's going to truck you. I think Otani, because there's less of a chance I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyson, Tyson. I actually think the Otani thing, he could, like, I think he could shatter your rib cage. Like, like internal like, bleeding? Yes. That's true. That, that does not sound Forget good. the Tyson thing. It's off the table. I don't want to be in that ring. I with would him. die with Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be in the ring. I actually think I would try to tackle Derrick Henry. <laughs> I would just, you I would. would just do the sign of the cross. Yeah. And I, I would go low, you know? See, that's the thing. At least you can try to take your head out of it, you know, tackling Henry. And, uh, but that's, I would take the fastball from Otani, but that's Try to get a crazy. tripping, try to get a triple pe- tripping penalty in football. Yeah, like exactly. No, that's how I would do I would, I would run at him with all I got and then make him, oh my gosh, here comes this little five <laughs> nine white dude. Trying to take me out, and it would kind of like you know psychologically Scare you know him. freeze him a little bit, and then yeah. I would go low. I would just like go like a beetle and just roll into his ankles, <laughs> like a beetle into his ankles. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Dude, Sonic, a rolling Sonic the hedgehog, home. like little bee button, and then just uh, try to take him out at the feet. What if you can't take him out at the feet? You got to hit him up high. Then to change I'm, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm Otaniing all the way. Yeah, that is Otani for sure. Yeah. Because if it, if I can go low, you talk to me into Henry. Yeah. But there's something about well, is, knowing. Is Otani just throwing the pitch? Like, do I have a chance to get out of the way? No. Let's, you say, let's just say, you're not going to be able to get out of the way. If he wants to hit you in the rib cage, he's going to hit you in the rib cage. That's true, too. Let's just say, here, I'm going to add an element here, because the part of this with the Otani that drives me nuts is knowing he's going to hit you while you're standing there would not be fun. 
So let's say this. You're in the batter's box. Otani knows he can either throw the ball over the plate or he can drill you. If he throws the ball over the plate and you make contact with it somehow, the, the experiment's over. But if he just drills you in the ribs, uh, the experiment's over as well. So what does he do? I, if I'm Otani, I throw a couple in there because I know you ain't touching it. Like, yeah, and I'm going yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm to let you live in. It's kind of like any M. Night Sh, you know, Shyamalan movie. Like, you know, scare him, but make him wait for it first. Yeah, try to make him a little comfortable. Because you're, yeah, you're right. Yes. Like, you're not touching the ball. Like, no matter what he throws at you, you're not going <laughs> to hit the ball. So get a little comfortable, and then he can really get him yeah, in the ribs. But if he starts off speed, I'd be a little pissed. If he, if yeah. I get an AB with Otani and he, he throws some curve or some changeup, I'm like, dude, just get it over with. Just get it over with. Don't just, make it act like you can throw 87. Just, like you just you take your shirt off. Down. You have an yeah. X on your rib cage. Exactly. It's like right, right there, here. dude. <laughs> right That's here. where you do it. Let's get this done. I'd just be afraid you'd get it, get hit in the head. Like you know, loses control, hits yeah. you in the noggin. Now, now we got problems. That's that would be. Then I would might I might think about Tyson at that point. The, this is the kind of stuff we talk about on the show. That's why you come here. All right, let's do our big splash. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. But the big splash. Tom Brady's got some discomfort in his right shoulder and his finger. He missed practice Wednesday. That's today, but or yesterday. Tom Brady said he'll play Sunday against the Falcons. Marcus Mariota trying to get a W and keep his win streak alive, but he's got to get by Tom Brady to get there. It's a big moment for Mariota. Brady battling some injury. He says he feels great. He says he will play on Sunday, but uh, keep an eye on Marcus Mariota. If you're a former Duck fan or a Mariota fan, he's got a big one in front of him. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Alabama's Bryce Young will be a game-time decision against Texas A&M. Nick Saban says no structural damage to his shoulder. He did throw in practice yesterday. He'll make a final decision in the pregame warm-ups. That's the difference between the NFL and college football, where they don't have to give you the injury report. Punch and Audio is coming up. Anna will join us. We've got the 5 at 5. We're going to go through our picks. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.